Um, I know the praying this morning, just praying for these young people. Um, I just believe that they're going to speak with boldness, with confidence, and they're going to declare the word of the Lord to you. Are you ready to receive tonight? Are you ready to receive tonight? Amen. As, I, as you can see, Pastor is not here tonight. He's on the road traveling with some friends and family. Um, so he's out of town for a few nights. But, but we're, we're happy that they made it safe. And we're happy that you're here. If you're visiting with us, I know I see some visitors with us tonight um, for our special speakers. And we're so glad that you're here. And we're so glad that you support your children, your grandchildren, and these young people. It means so much as a youth pastor, and it means so much to them as individuals to see you cheering them on and the things of God. Can you say amen? Amen. It's good to see Brother Austin and Sister Kyla tonight. Their, 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 their family, their home here. Um, we'll ask Brother Austin to come later in the service, but I'm going to ask Brother Elijah Murray to join me tonight. He liked to kill me when I changed the order on him. Um, he was going to go second tonight. I said, hey, man, I mean, you're ready either way, right? Um, but I believe that God's going to speak through him and speak through Sister Carly and Sister Madison as well. If you would, as they come, if you stand with me one more time, stretch your hands toward them, and I just want you to pray for them as they come and deliver the word to you tonight. Amen. It is great to be in the house of the Lord tonight on a Wednesday night. I'm glad to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. On Where would I be if my Jesus didn't love me? Where would I be if he didn't care? I tell you, I wouldn't be here right now. I'm just so thankful for this opportunity that God has given me to preach his word tonight. I believe God's going to do great things in this message that he has given to me. And I just pray that it be his words and not my words. And the spirit would just flow and just the anointing would just come and just pour out a spear on this service. All right, would you please turn your Bibles to Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your, body, you present your bodies, as a lit, a lit, bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but ye be transformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, the other night, I was just, been waiting on the Lord for a while to give me a message to speak. And the other night, God just spoke to me and says, you got to be willing to sacrifice everything for what you want to see. If you want to see revival, if you want to see souls get saved, if you want to see the glory of the Lord fall, you have to be willing to sacrifice everything. And, you know... The devil just kept speaking to me, ah, you know, you can't do this, you shouldn't do this, you know, you, you can't do that, you, your word is not going to come, you're not going to be good enough, you know. But I just told God, if I'll just sacrifice everything for you, will, Father, then it will come tonight, and it will be your words and not mine, and it will be your will and not my will. <laughs> my mom was, you know, Elijah, you got to get your message, you got to get your message. I'm like, God will bring the message to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and this, just all day I've just been, you know, trying to sacrifice my time with God. And, 
you know, just get closer to him. The enemy came to attack, and he come to, you know, still kill and destroy, I believe. I believe he's been trying to do that lately to all of us. But if you'll just surrender to his will and to what he has for you and what he's planned for you. Because... Because not too long ago, I was, I was battling something, and I didn't want to tell anybody what I was going through. Because I thought, I, could, I just thought, how could I be going through this? this? And Satan said to me, he said, you'll never feel the same power and presence and anointing that you have been feeling. He said, God Almighty, he said, he will, he will not help you again, and that you will not make it through this. And I just kept fighting, and I just kept battling this. I said, I don't know what to do, Lord. And it really just came to me fully the other day. He says, sacrifice everything. And so finally I just surrendered all to God. And I just believe that he just wants me to do his will. And I finally surrendered all to God. And this when this, the message just came. And, and now God's wanting to do great things tonight, I believe. And I just pray that he just helped me because... This isn't easy for me to do. I don't really like speaking in front of people or I don't like getting out of my comfort zone. But if I'll just surrender to the will of God, then things will start changing. I'll finally see souls at my school saved. I'll see my aunt come home. I'll see my family come home. Those kids that overdose will be saved. Everything that's going on in my school because I can't take it anymore. I can't take seeing these kids sinning every day when I can tell them all that God has done for me and all he's done in my life and all that he's changed for me. If you'll just surrender all to the will of God and what he has for you, maybe you'll see your neighbor come home. Maybe you see your family family come home and someone you don't know someone you don't expect if you'll just surrender all because I believe a few weeks ago I was supposed to pray for somebody in my school but I wouldn't surrender all to God I don't know who it was maybe if I did they'd be saved now already but I'd made up my mind when I go back to school tomorrow if God tells me to go pray for somebody I'm gonna go lay hands on them I told Satan, I'm not scared anymore, Satan. I realized where all these attacks were coming because you're scared of the power and anointing that God has placed on my life and that I've been walking under. Because he's scared of everything that you walk under too that God has placed on your life because he knows what it means. He knows what it means. He, that's why he's scared. That's why he's been attacking you so hard. That's why you're holding on to things. Satan said, y'all, just hold on to this. Just hold on to this. You, you ain't got rid of this. God don't want you to get rid of this. But I'm here to tell you, God says, I want you to tell them to let go of the things I'm telling them to let go of, to get rid of the things I want out of their life, God, God says, because I want it to align with my purpose and my plan and my will, because God says I'm getting ready to do great things in this church, in this nation and your generation Elijah if you'll just surrender all oh glory God oh Jesus Jesus if you read about Abraham God promised him to be a father over many nations and he told him to sacrifice his son Isaac and Isaac meant everything to Abraham he loved him he loved him with all of his heart. But what did he do? He took him up to, I think it was Mount Moriah, and he was willing to sacrifice everything. He laid everything down for what God had for him. And then God's promise came forth, and he became a father over many nations, and he had great blessings and favor. Because, church, if you'll just surrender everything, then the anointing that has been placed on your life that the enemy said he has stolen, what the enemy thought was his, and then you will take it back, what God has for you, and you'll begin to walk in it. And every day you wake up, you won't be scared anymore, and you say, oh God, you are with me, and I believe I walk in this anointing. No devil in hell, no demon can stop me from what I walk under, because God, you are with me. And I know the power of anointing is stronger than any demonic force that comes after me. Uh, that's what I had to say because they were coming after me saying you can't do this and you can't do that. But I said, oh, but my God is greater than any plan or any attack that you have against me all my life. If you'll just surrender church and sacrifice everything for what God wants to do. Because sometimes God wants us to do things and if we just... I don't know, God, I can't, 
I can't do that. Lord, I want to hold on. Lord, wait, why do I got to get rid of that, God? I want to keep that. I realized some things in my life lately. I, I got to get rid of that. I can't have that. You can't, I can't talk to the same people I used to talk to. It's harder to have conversations now than it was before because they say this and that. And I got to separate myself. I said, hold on. I can't do that. Because maybe there's a soul waiting out there for me to tell them about Jesus Christ, their Savior. Church, if you'll just surrender, you'll see revival. You'll see your anointing comes, what you wanted for so long. I believe that some of you wanted the anointing and you wanted the Holy Ghost and power, but you, you just said, oh, i got to hold on to that. But if you'll surrender everything, if you sacrifice everything to what he has for you, then you will finally receive what you had. you walk under what God has placed on your life. It'll be his will and his way and his purpose and not yours. All I could keep hearing is God is wanting to get rid of some of the things in your life. He's wanting you some sacrifice and things so that I can line up with his plan and his will. Jay gave me word and he said God's been rearranging. God said I've been rearranging everything in your life. I didn't, I was kind of like rearranging, what are you rearranging God? And then finally the other day, like I said before, it finally made sense because you got to lay it all down. You got to sacrifice it. If you want to see things change, you got to lay it all down. You got to sacrifice it. You got to sacrifice this, you got to sacrifice that. Whatever it may be in your life. All I keep hearing is you have to sacrifice this. You have to sacrifice what it is. If you want to see the glory of the Lord fall, if you want to see the anointing fall, if you want to go out in your community, maybe it be Walmart, I don't know what it may be. If it be a fast food restaurant, a gas station or something, you could say God has a plan for your life. You don't have to live for the enemy another day. You don't have to be bound by what he has you bound by. You can be saved, delivered, set free, filled with the Holy Ghost, and preach the gospel and tell everybody all about Jesus. Oh, God. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. When I heard those kids overdosed, it's, it's an awful thing. It, just, it really hurt my heart. I just kept thinking if I would just would have sacrificed everything sooner, maybe that wouldn't have happened. Maybe that would have got saved. Maybe that's who I was supposed to pray for. You know, maybe, maybe it would all change. Maybe my school would have started to experience revival already. Maybe things would have just been different. Because I believe I'm supposed to sacrifice sooner, but I let the enemy keep telling me to hold on to those things. But church, you can't hold on to them any longer. You gotta get rid of them. You, you, you can't if if I'm if you just you got to get rid of it. If you want to walk under, you say you want it, but you gotta be willing to lay it all down to truly have it. You say you want it. You say you want the anointing, but you keep holding on to this and that. I don't know who this is for, but I believe God keeps saying you're holding on to this and you're holding on to these things. And God says, I want him to get rid of your life. I want him to take him out so I can line up with my plan and my perfect will that I have for you. So every day that you wake up, it would be another day that God has made for you to work for him and his plan and his purpose in your life. It's not going to be easy, church. I just kept hearing that song. I just, I mean, they might be the exact words, but it won't be easy. It will not be easy, but it'll be worth it. It won't be easy, but it'll be worth it. It's going to be worth it, church. To see that lost one lost loved one come home after so long of being bound and tortured by these evil demonic things. My aunt has been bound by something for a long time. 
and it and it hurts to see her like that and my family all of them but I know God's going to deliver her but first I had to sacrifice everything that I want to do and say I want to go there instead of this and maybe if I want to go do something one day but God says I no, I want you to go pray for them. I want you to go here. I want you to come spend some time with me instead of, you know, maybe if it's playing uh, the video game or if it's watching this or if it's watching that, if it's good, want to go hang out with somebody. But God says, no, I want you to hang out with me. I want you to spend time with me. And I want you to pray and to get closer to the Lord because God says, I want to release something in you. Oh, the other day I could see God said, I want to refresh and renewal and release and anointing all my people like I have never before. And God said, I want to do new things, but you have to be willing to sacrifice it all. <laughs> you have to be willing to sacrifice it all in your life. If you want to see the glory, if you want to see revival, if you want to see souls saved, if you want to see the neighbors sitting next to you at school. You say, oh, God, I don't know what to do, Lord. And you just, you just God says, go pray for them. You lay hands on them, and they get saved. But when I walk out in the courtyard, I see all those people, and I say, God, if I would just lift my hands, and the Holy Spirit would come, God, and you just lead me and guide me, and maybe I'd go lay hands on somebody, and they get saved. And Jesus, I do that all the time, and, and then I get distracted, and I go do these other things. But I believe, church, if you will truly sacrifice and say, God, it's your will, and not my will, then you will truly see those things come to pass. You will see the anointing come in your life. You will be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You will see souls saved. You will see revival. You will see these things start changing. I believe it is time, and I believe it is now. But you got to be willing to sacrifice it all. Oh, Jesus, I thank you, God. Jesus, 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 Jesus. If you would stand, I'd like to pray for Carly before she comes and gives her message tonight. Jesus, I just thank you for your spirit tonight, God, that is here, Lord, to be in this service with us, God. Lord, I pray that you just fill Carly up, Lord, and that the Holy Spirit would lead her and guide her, Jesus, and that it would be your words, God. And God, that she would just speak what's on her heart, Lord. She speak the truth and speak the message that you have given her, God. And that you would just anoint her, Lord, and anoint her message tonight. And that the people would see what she's saying, God. And that they would have the ears to hear it. And that they would see, receive it in their hearts, God. And I believe you're going to do great things tonight, God. I know you already know you are doing great things tonight, God. But I believe there is more to come tonight, God. More anointing, God. More of your spirit, more of your power, and more of your presence tonight, God. Because you never stop working, Lord, even when we you can't see or feel it. You never stop working. I pray that you just use her tonight in a great mighty way. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Well, I got to be honest. When Jade asked me to do this, I was thinking he was pretty crazy because I don't get up here and speak in front of people that often. But what Elijah said about surrendering, surrendering yourself it really got me thinking. You know, I've had those friends to where I don't hang out with them anymore because I had to go and I've talked to my mom many times. I'm like, God, you got to send me someone because I feel like I'm so alone. And my mom's like, Carly, he'll send you the one. He'll send you the one. He'll send you the one. And it took this long for me to realize that it's preparing yourself. It's preparing the church and the youth for an outpouring and that's actually my title tonight, is Preparing for the Outpouring. And if you turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. It says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I was really thinking, I was like, gird your loins, what the heck does that mean? I actually read it wrong at my house. I thought it said grid the lions. So, good thing I had that right. But um, in the English Standard Version, it says, therefore, preparing your mind for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
And if you read in the Bible, they prepared for war, they would gird their loins, and they had these long robes on. And what they would do is they would tie it in a knot right above their knees, and it caused them to be free in their war. And we as Christians have to gird up our loins because we are getting closer to the end times. The enemy is starting to battle our minds, battle our hearts, and battle our faith. We, have to, we are being distracted. The enemy is distracting us from our walk, from our anointing, and from our power. Um, we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power, against the rulers of the darkness and the age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And, you know, when I met Cameron, I didn't think I was going to find anybody. I was like, God, all my friends are in relationships. Madison was in a relationship, and I used to hang out with her daily, and I'm just like, God, you got it. I mean, if it's me being single my whole life, it's me being single my whole life, but... You know, we've been together six months now, and I couldn't be happier, but I believe that he was a gift sent from God. You know, he's right there beside me all the time, Carly. We got to pray. We got to read. We got to fast, you know, and that's what our church needs. That's what our youth needs, and that brought me to Matthew 24, chapter 36 through 44. It says, but of the day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but the Father only. But as the days of Noah were so, also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood there are eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will also be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. The women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know the hour the Lord is coming. But know that it is the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come. He would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into, or in other words, he would have been prepared. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect it. And something that really stuck out to me in this passage of Scripture was verses 40 and 41. It says, One is taken and the other is left. And it means one is prepared and the other is not. One had prepared their house, the other had not. And in the Bible it says, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. They were preparing their house. They were preparing for the coming of the Lord. And if we're not prepared, church, we aren't going. And that's a scary time to live in. We as Christians have to prepare our hearts to receive the glory of God. We have to prepare our hearts for revival. I'm believing that we are on the brink of revival and on the brink of an outpouring and awakening, and it starts with us. When we prepare ourselves in our hearts, we will activate revival in our city and in our nation. Um, during prayer on Friday night, Jade had actually asked me to pray for the youth specifically. And after I got done praying, I just kept hearing in my spirit a radical change. Your church is going to experience a radical change. And when I looked up the word radical, it means a change or action related to or affecting the fundamental nature of something far-reaching or thorough. And I didn't know Austin was going to be here tonight, but when he preached about changing the normal, breaking normal, I believe that a radical change means that we're, it's going to affect the normality of our lives. It's going to affect our daily routines. And when we break normal, we are experiencing a radical change. And us as a youth group, I mean, we've had many services where, you know, it's been good, it's been good. And then we have those services to where it's like, I'm not feeling anything. I'm not feeling anything. Is the Lord, Lord going to show up, you know? But we have to break normal, and that's when we begin to see the shifting and the turnaround. I'm, I know my message wasn't long, but I actually want to reference a dream that I had about a year and a half ago. Um, it was us, and, me and the youth were standing outside behind our fellowship hall where the playground was, but the playground wasn't there. And there was these four, like, dentist-looking chairs but that had a big dome over the top of it. And beside each one of them was a person dressed in a whole bodysuit. And they had masks on. You couldn't see their face at all. And the youth was holding hands in unity and standing down in this huge line. And I didn't know who everyone was, but I knew that it meant that our youth was growing and they were preparing themselves in unity. 
and Jade was on one side and my dad was on the other side. And I could just hear the Lord speaking to me in my dream, you got to be unified. you got to come together. If you're not coming together, the enemy will destroy your walk, will destroy your faith, will destroy, you know, your anointing. And one by one, these people started taking people from our youth group and sitting them in this chair. And when he had shut the lid, we would suffocate. The enemy was closing off our airway. We couldn't say, you know, what the Lord wanted us to say. And I could just remember, I didn't know what it was. And this was a year and a half ago. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen those suicide pods that they had came, you know, invented. But it's a huge dome. And it's basically people could choose when they want to die and die peacefully. And that's exactly what I saw in my dream. And that was before it even was a thing. And I called Gloria last night, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, it came full circle last night because I didn't even know what the heck it was. Like, I was sitting here thinking, oh, you know, it's just the enemy trying to kill us, which he is. But it was those suicide pods that I saw in my dream. And if we aren't prepared, if we aren't carrying the armor, if we aren't carrying the sword, then we're going to spiritually die. We have to be prepared. You know, Riley, I'm going to point you out. I love this girl with my whole heart. Yes, she's my family, but she's also one of my best friends. I know you've been struggling, but the Lord's going to meet you there. And you know, my uncle is in the house tonight, and for my whole life, he's been struggling. I'm not going to name those struggles because that's not my place, but he's been struggling. And every time that I'd come to the altar, I'd be like, God, you see who I want to be in the house of the Lord. You see that I want him here. You see that he needs to overcome his struggles. And now he's sitting in this house, and he overcame his struggles. So I'm just going to ask all the youth to line up and hold hands in unity. And I'm going to ask my dad and Jade to come pray for all of us. And if you have a child in here, I want you guys to come up and pray for them too because I just feel like it's time that we need to start being unified, especially as a youth group, because if we're not, I'm telling you, church, we're going to spiritually die.
the word that Carly just spoke lines up so well with what I'm about to give to you guys. And I think that's just confirmation that the Lord is really on the brink of something great and that we're really on the edge of something so amazing we can't even begin to understand it. And what I'm going to speak on tonight is just titled The Completion. And something that Jade shared with me last week was that today is a very important day and that we're speaking on the 23rd for a reason. And one of those reasons is that 163 years ago, in 1857, there was a man who decided he was going to hold a prayer meeting. And he, for weeks, he sent out flyers and posters inviting people to come and let's pray. We're going to get, something needs to change. We need to start something. And for weeks, he advertised it. But on the day of it, only six men came. And him and these other five men, they began to pray. And they were like, next time, we're meeting again. We're meeting on the next week. And the week after, we're going to meet. And slowly but surely, the Lord began to show up even greater every single week. And slowly, there was more people beginning to come. And there was more coverage beginning to come to it. Until eventually, the newspapers had to begin to cover this great work that was happening that started by this man named Jeremiah. And it all started because one man felt in his spirit that it was time for a change. And he knew that something had to happen, so he decided to call a meeting. So I believe that this meeting tonight on this Wednesday night is something significant and that some of us have felt in our spirit it's time for a change. We can't go on any longer the way we're going on. So I believe that tonight there's going to be something changed in this house. And just as that night, it might have just been that six men, but those six men ended up changing thousands' lives. Thousands were touched by the message from this man. Just because, not because of who he was, not because of who I am, not because of who we are, but because of the Lord that's within us. Because we serve such a mighty God. And I know that he's ready to do something in this hour. And I'm so excited for what's going to come. And I believe that the time that we're about to live in, that we are living in, has been prophesied over for years. That we are really living in the end times. And this really is a time of change and a change of revival and of signs and wonders and of miracles and of great workings. I believe that's something that we're going to be lining up with. And I begin to search what are some old revivals? What are some men that walked the walk that I can live a life to pattern after? And I found these men such as Jonathan Edwards in the First Great Awakening from 1740 to 1755 and Charles Finney with the Second Great Awakening from 1790 to 1840. And then Brother James in the Cane Ridge Revival from 1800 to 1801. And Evan Roberts in the Welsh Revival in Wales from 1904 to 1905. And William Seymour in Azusa Street Revival from 1906 to 1913. Men such as Billy Graham, D.L. Moody, T.D. Jakes, Miss Wigglesworth. There is so many men that have fought for this revival. And as I begin to prepare, I'm saying, God, I am fighting for what those men fought for. That same God that touched the nations then, the same God that touched the thousands then, is about to come forth and present it self in this hour in a new manner in a new way and that brought me to my scripture in Habakkuk 3 2 in NIV version this is what it says Lord I have heard of your fame and I stand in awe of your deeds repeat them in our day in our time make them known in wrath remember mercy and I begin to repeat that Lord repeat them in our day that that those men walked in and that spirit that was with them is the same spirit that's within us today and I begin to say God do it again. Do it again, Lord. Bring revival again, because we need revival. We need a change. We need a stirring. And I believe if we all begin to pattern ourselves after that, and we say that daily, Lord, do it again, I know that he will do it again. And there's a work. And I feel like we've been feeling some opposition in our spirit the last few weeks. And But that's because I believe we're going through what I'm going to call the remnant process. He's pulling us out. He's setting us aside. He's preparing us. He's purifying us. He's giving us words like Brother Elijah gave tonight saying, you've got to lay it down, church. And we may feel some struggles right now. We may be pushed against a lot of darkness, but that's because he's trying to bring us out. He's trying to show us we have to get down to the basics. We have to get back to the truth. We have to get back to this revival fire. In a word, I'm going to read to you a prophecy by Smith Migglesworth in 1947. And these are his words. This is what he said. There will be something we have not seen before. It will be a coming together of those with the emphasis on the word and those with the emphasis on the spirit. And how many knows the truth is about to come out? There's about to be a truth in the word that's about to come out from this truth and from the truth for this nation. And he said, when the word and the spirit come together, the biggest move of the Holy Spirit that the nation and indeed the world has ever seen. 
It will come and it will mark the beginning of revival that will eclipse anything that has been witnessed. And those were his words in 1947. And I believe that those words that he spoke in 1947 is about to come to fruit in 2020 right now on September 23rd in this house in Connersville, Indiana. And I can proclaim those words because I know that a revival is coming. I feel it so strong that we're about to enter a completion revival. And the words of those men that I named and that the works that Smith Wiggles were said in 1947, they're about to occur. There's about to be some branches that are going to bear some fruit that might have been looking dormant for a while. The world might have claimed that work dead. They would have said, well, that never happened. We never had that work. Well, it's about to happen. There's about to be a change. I believe we're on the brink of a turning point. And when I said that we're going to be entering into a new realm, I mean that there's going to be some healings. I keep hearing there's going to be a work of healings. Healings, long terms that we've been seeking after for years maybe, that they're about to be complete. And I know that when I begin to think about healings, I begin to think to myself, the day that you claimed a healing, that work began in your body. But now the Lord is ready to do that publicly and to do a completion to the work that has been in your body this whole time. Not because God couldn't do it then, but because now he's trying to exalt the church. He's trying to place us into a new place. And I believe as much of a completion to our spirit, it's also a completion to our body. So there's about to be some people healed in this house and across this nation that have been faithfully standing under God, who have been crying out for something. He's about to answer some prayers that we've been long searching after. I'm so thankful for that. Jade's word a few Wednesdays ago about the promises that God has on our life. They're about to come forth. Those promises that Jade spoke on when he said that there's a word, there's a call upon your life that now you're going to walk in. I believe we're in the time of the walking. We're in the time to step into that. We're in the time to step out with that. And when we begin to do that, when that begins to play out, then the healing will come. Then the return of the prodigal son's going to come. Then the salvation of your loved ones will come. Then the gifts of the Holy Spirit will come upon your life in a new way than it ever has because of the faithfulness that we're going to be walking in. Now, Sunday morning when Ronnie was speaking, I began to just feel this word put into my spirit. And I said, I looked at Jade and Jade said, you have a word, don't you? I said, "Mm mm-hmm. And he said, are you sharing it now or are you sharing it? And I said, and I believe that the Lord wanted me to release it tonight to you guys. So this is something that I felt in my spirit Sunday morning that I wanted to share with you guys about the hour that we're living in. And that is the completion hour. There is now a completion to many works coming about. There is going to be a promoting of my people arising above. The enemy is being demoted to a level so low that you shall stamp his head with your heel. The tactics that once pushed towards you are going to be turned against the hands that once threw them. This work has been occurring, but men cannot yet see it. My people are in the mindset to receive. A turning point is coming. Radical shakings to your land. A great outlet of corruption, the media, will soon be slaughtered by its own sword. The roots have been growing below the surface, but the bud of life is ready to bloom. A pedestal is being placed below your feet. Though the shaking will come, you will not tremble and fall, for there is favor for my remnant. And that's something that I felt Sunday morning that I needed to deliver to this house. Something that I noticed in that, it says, though the shaking may come. So I'm not going to sit here and promise that we're not going to go through something or that this nation's dark time's over, because I know that there's still some things that the enemy is trying to do. But he's saying, if we will stand fast, if we will get into that word, if we will do what Elijah said and lay it all down, that he will put a pedestal below us, that where even though the ground around us may be shaking, we will not tremble and fall. And you may say, well, how is that? Because we're on higher ground, so wouldn't it be harder to fall? but he's going to be holding us there. He's going to be keeping us there. So those may be falling around us. Darkness may be trying to consume our land, but there is a church that's ready to feel favor. And the remnant is about to feel some favor and be placed on a pedestal that we haven't been upon in a long time. Now I begin to keep saying this is a completion revival. So I begin to say, what is completion? Completion is to have all necessary parts and for it to be used in its total extent. So now I begin to say that I said, God, show us the total extent fire falling in a complete way, in a great extent. And I begin to think that this is a time of renewal. It's a time of refreshing. It's a time of reversal. And it's then a time of revival. We're going to come upon a turning point. I shared with the youth group a few weeks ago that we're going to get a turning point. And once that happens, I believe it's going to shake some things. It's that climax, that point where it all leads up to, that all that we've been going through in that moment will be released. 
It's a never the same encounter. It's a point of no reversal. To the shifting, there is no end. There will be an aligning and radically morphs to normal. Carly even mentioned that before, and I didn't even share that with her, that the radical normal will be broken. It's going to morph what we begin to see on a daily basis. For in a single instant, the winds are going to blow stronger. The anointed and appointed will be shown stronger. The blinders are going to begin to fall back. Realization will come to the people and a shedding of blinders and shackles. They will awaken in that moment. This is the moment. This is the time. This is the completion, a completion revival and outpouring. The moment is upon us, church. We keep saying, when is it going to happen? Why can't it happen now? Why can't we add Connorsville to that list of places that revivals happen? Why couldn't 2020 be a date that goes down forever? Not because of the things of darkness that had come, but because of the revival that was birthed out of it. You know, sometimes you have to go through some stuff to get your praise to get your shout back and I believe the shout's going to return to the church though we may have been in a season of darkness he's going to show us in a new light and in a new way and we will be awakened we will go forward we will stand stronger than we ever have before the moment is upon us we must go deeper and I believe that we are on the brink of history those dates that I said those revivals that I called I don't know what this revival will be called but I know that we're about to experience one for in this season of completion the Lord is finalizing some circumstances in our lives. And I began to think about that and just say, he's finalizing that thing you prayed after for so long. What you've been searching for, what you've been crying out for, he says that soon it will come to pass. Some things we've been believing on for so long, it's about to change. There's going to be a new chapter opened. And just like what Elijah said, with that new chapter, some things are going to have to be shed. But we have to know that the sacrifice is going to be worth it all. That choosing to stand strong is going to be worth it all. Because maybe it's for that soul. Or maybe it's for that breakthrough. And if it's not for me, then maybe it's for you. And if I have to push myself a little further to get through to somebody else, well, then I'm going to do it. And I'm going to stand a little stronger. And when I feel tired, I'm going to keep on standing. And when I feel like there might be no way, and I say, God, I don't feel it. Where is this at? Just like that song we sang. He's still working. He's still moving. So when you have that day, know that the day is coming and he is still moving in our circumstances even now. So things may look a little different because the wind's going to be shaking around us, and that's why. You know, when those winds blow and when things begin to fall, that causes erosion and rocks begin to crumble and there's landslides and there's mountains that begin to, be, begin to fall. And why is that? Because there's power in the wind. So it may look like darkness, and the media may make it look like it's all dark and it's all falling apart. But why is it falling? That's because there's a wind blowing that we can't see. It's an undercurrent that's sweeping through right now. And even though we may not be able to see it, I believe that just as those six men gathered today, within days, within hours, within weeks, there's going to be a change, and it will be manifest to the people abroad. There's a new boldness and a new level of unity to my generation. I know to me personally, I feel a new boldness when I speak. I felt like for so long, the enemy has tried to keep so many people tongue-tied. He's tried to put shackles on our mouths and not be able to be able to release that. And I believe that now is the time that people are going to be able to speak the things that God has gave them. And that there's going to be a loosing come to our tongues and that a freedom and new words are going to come out. Because of the unity in my generation, because of the faithfulness that God's going to be able to use himself. So I'm about to stand, and I believe... I kept seeing myself like I'm standing here and I'm holding up a torch, kind of like the Statue of Liberty. I'm just standing there and I'm just holding that torch. No matter what's going on around me, no matter how hard the wind is blowing, I'm going to continue to hold that torch. So I'm about to stand and proclaim that I will hold a torch, lifting it up no matter what the turmoil around me may be. And that the power from the light of the fire that's going to be on this torch is going to begin to illuminate the darkness that's around us and shine light and shine truth to the situation that seemed once so dark. And sometimes we get weary when we're trying to hold the torch. And it feels like we're holding it up there, but there's no one else there. He says he's going to place people around us to hold our hands up when we get weary. And I believe that's what this generation, that's what this youth group has been doing. So as I'm standing here holding my arm, they're going to come behind me and stand strong. And whenever I get weary, they're going to be someone to swing their sword too. And we're going to hold our torches together. Because once that one torch is lit, it can cause a wildfire. They put 
burn bans on places because they said if you even light a small spark, it could start something greater. Well, I believe the enemy has tried to place a burn ban on the church. They've tried to silence it and say, you can't start a fire because that one little spark may just start a wildfire because that one word may just start a radical shifting. And I believe that we're about to become to go into that shifting, that the ban that was once upon the church, they said that we were in a drought, that we can't have any flames because it might just cost something. Well, it's about to cost something. And this fire that I have, it's about to cost something. So maybe, just maybe, tomorrow at CHS, there might be a little bit more fire on my torch. And maybe right now, there might be a little more fire where I can stand a little stronger for this town, stand a little taller for the youth of this town, stand a little taller for the Whitewater Valley because this flame might just start a fire. So the enemy might be a little scared right now. The enemy might be a little shaken, and he should be because there's a fire coming and I believe it's not just me but it's the fire that they have it's the fire that you have that this church may just start a fire so the enemy better get ready because there's a fire coming that no man can quench there's a flame igniting that no man can stop the enemy will have to look back in all at the wildfire that we are creating because this spark may just start a flame that may just start a fire that may cause a radical change hallelujah hallelujah for so long the enemy has tried to overthrow us with darkness but this light's ready to burn there's a generation ready to stand and hold that torch I can see us now even just holding that torch and claiming back territory that we thought was once lost, that the enemy wanted us to believe was once his, that that territory is about to come back. Whether that territory be physical land, whether it be loved ones, whether it be giftings, whether it be callings, we're about to shine some light on some situations that are going to bring back some things into this church. There's about to be a fire lit that might just cause something so great that no man can imagine. He says we're going to do greater works than him. Well, I can't imagine that. So I don't know what's about to come forth from this church or from this generation, but I know that there's a fire being lit. And that the enemy has no authority over this revival. He's tried to put us on a ban from burning for too long. It's time to light our torches. It's time to cause that spark. And I know that it's been within us the whole time. But now it's like the Holy Spirit's ready to pour out upon it and ignite that flame. When you pour that ignition onto that flame, it instantly bursts up. And I believe that even now there's about to be something poured into the atmosphere that instantly a work will begin. And last week when we prayed for that young individual, and I don't know how many of you guys were here, but I began to say that I believe it was going to be a quick work in the Lord. And that there's going to be an immediate change and an immediate turnaround. And I keep hearing that for the time that we're about to walk into. That some things that the enemy made, have made it look like was impossible, that we serve a God that's a way maker. And that some things that might have looked so hard will become so easy to us. Because he's going to put his power behind us and that quick works will begin to come in his name. The messenger's mouth has been opened tonight. I know that my mouth has been opened tonight. The enemy has once tried to put such a fear on me that I couldn't have even got up here and spoke before. But I'm so glad that the boldness and the fire is stirring within me that I have the strength to come and to stand and to say, God, if I step out, I know you'll meet me there. Because he said that we will walk out in faith, that he will walk right beside us, and that he's already walking steps ahead of us. So there may be some battles in this house tonight. We may be going through. There may be some dark times around us. But I know that there's just like me in this house, some other individuals who are ready to raise that torch a little bit higher, ready to say we're about to start a fire that's going to change the nation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm actually going to ask Jade to come to close the service, but before he does, I just want to reiterate to you guys that this really might be the beginning of something great, that I know that this is going to be the beginning of something great, that the enemy has tried to push against us so strong because he fears so greatly what we possess. 
And then the next time the enemy tries to come and attack, that I'm going to be able to stand a little stronger and hold my torch a little higher because I know he's only doing it because he's intimidated by what's about to come out of this house. And I believe that there's something great coming out of this house, coming out of this generation, coming out of this nation. It may seem so dark, but I believe there's a few individuals that are ready to hold up their torches. And when our torches begin to be sent high, that light will rain out and cancel out any darkness that the enemy thought he once owned. So I'm so thankful for the revival that's about to come to this land. Hallelujah. Could you stand with me tonight as they come to the music? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can you give these young people another hand tonight? Hallelujah, hallelujah. To speak boldly in this generation is, is frowned upon. We talked last week about being fully awakened to what God is doing. And I, I, I said to you that there is a term out there uh, amongst uh, uh, many liberals in, in our world that would say, we're woke, we're woke. And I said, it's about time for the church to be awoken, awakened uh, to the glory of God. And I believe that's happening and that started on our young people. But as they began, each one of them began to speak and it tied together so perfectly because you can't have revival without sacrifice. You can't have revival without preparation. And you can't have revival without the fire. You can't have revival without any of those things that they spoke about. And I, my mind went to, and I've shared this with our young people before, and it's just such a powerful portion of Scripture for me, is, is in Joshua chapter 3. The Bible tells us that the children of Israel were about to cross in to the promised land. And it was a land that they, they had never seen before. They had been in exile for so long. This generation or the generation before them or the generation before them had never seen the promised land. And God spoke to Joshua and He said, You tell the people, sanctify themselves, for tomorrow I will do wonders among them. I'm going to do something in their midst, something they've never seen. So the people of God began to sanctify themselves. What that means is they began to sacrifice and cleanse themselves and repent and say, God, I, I want to be where you want me to be. I want to walk in the way you want me to walk. I want to say what you want me to say. I want to be cleansed. I want to be pure in your eyes. And, and they got themselves into alignment but he said to the priest he said I want you to bear up the ark of the covenant and I want the which is symbolic of the presence of God and I want you to go out in front of the people 2,000 cubits and I want you to lead them into the promised land and I believe this generation is a generation of kings and priests and they're bearing up the presence of God and they're going before us church and they're saying listen follow the presence follow the fire follow us and they don't even know where they were going they didn't even know what they were getting into and the Bible says that they came to the brink of the Jordan how many's ever seen a picture or seen in real life the river of Jordan it's filthy it's dirty you can't see the bottom of it and these young people and this church we're about to step into a move of God that we don't know what it looks like we don't know what's going to take place. All we know is God is commanding us to move forward. That there's a promise. That there's a power. That there's authority on the other side. And that this generation is bearing up the presence of God. And the Bible says when they came to the brink, they came to the edge. They came to what seemed to be the end. They just simply stepped into the unknown. They took a step of faith. And the waters were parted. And this generation is going to be as the priest they're going to stand in the gap and they're going to lead a nation over into the promises of God they're going to lead lost loved ones into repentance they're going to lead their school into the promise of salvation into the promise of the Holy Ghost and of fire I want you to know there was battles on the other side of the river and there was great problems but when greater problems arose greater power arose. There wasn't a city. There wasn't a people. There wasn't an adversary. There wasn't a little whisper in the ear. There wasn't fear. There wasn't anxiety that could stand against the people of God because they said this
this is my assignment. This is my promise. This is my revival. This is my restoration. This is my family. This is my school. This is my church. This is my community. And I ask these young people to come forward tonight. I ask you parents to gather around them. And we're going to plead the blood of Jesus. They're leading. They're leading. They're leading. You say, well, I'm a parent. I'm supposed to lead. Listen, I know. I know as parents we're supposed to lead our children in righteousness. Look at your children here. You've done a good job. But I believe that the revival that's coming is going to come through this young generation. That they're going to know that our God is a consuming fire. That He really baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire. They're going to feel Him breathe upon them. They're going to feel His rivers of the Holy Spirit begin to work to and through them. They're going to experience something. Why? You say, why? Because they, as as they said earlier, this generation are the generation that's going to begin to see things turn around. They're going to begin to see things shift. They're going to begin to see things move. Listen, young people, you say, I I don't know if it's me. I I don't know if I could do what Elijah did tonight. I don't know if I could do what Carly did tonight. I don't know if I could do what Madison did tonight. Listen, you may not be called to do certain things but uh, there is a call and there is a purpose on your life we not only need preachers we need evangelists we not only need evangelists we need intercessors we need ministers we need worship leaders we need missionaries we need people that say I'll pray nobody else will pray I'll pray nobody else will worship I'll worship I'll stand up they need somebody as Madison preached tonight to say I'll hold a torch I'll stand up up when nobody else wants to I won't bow to the idols of this world I won't bow to the fear of the anxiety but there is a God there is a God that's going to meet me in the fire he's going to keep me in the fire he's going to consume me with fire this generation you you say why me how me how could it happen I feel so broken it's where he wants you because when you're broken he begin he can begin to put you back together he said, okay, now this piece, this piece, we're eliminating this and I'm replacing your fear with, with my peace. And you see, this piece, this was your anxiety and I'm, I'm, I'm replacing it with joy and, and, and restoration. I'm rebuilding you. And young people, you'll find as you begin to sacrifice, as you begin to prepare, the fire will come. Pastor says in this house, from this platform, week in and week out, preparation precedes blessing how do you get a good meal you prepare it how do you get a message you prepare it how does the spirit move in the worship you prepare young people not only are you about to take the biggest step of faith in your life but I believe when you take that step into revival, I believe, as you said, as you said, as you said tonight, CHS doesn't have to be the same. Connorsville Middle School don't have to be the same. Your college campus, where you work at, doesn't have to be the same. You see, what, what, what changes about it? You change. I've said it before. You stop letting the atmosphere dictate things to you and you start dictating things to the atmosphere. When you feel wickedness and evil approaching, you say, "Uh uh-uh, not today. I speak peace, I speak hope, I speak joy, I speak strength. And I believe this is where we're at tonight. So will you take this step? Will you take this step? Will you take the step? You see, the priest, it wasn't, wasn't about their safety. They weren't concerned for their safety. He said, there, somebody's got to tell them where to go. Somebody's got to lead the way. So I spoke to Maddie and Carly and Elijah about the revival that happened 163 years ago that started on this day. I said, why not you? And why not now? 
But God, I'm this. Why not you? Why not now? Everyone in this house, ask everybody to come forward. Find you a young man. Find you a young woman to pray for. And when they're done praying with you, young people, I want you to turn around. And I want you to begin to lay your hands on them and declare peace, declare strength, declare joy into their situation. Because we're in a season where everything's changing. Nothing's normal. Everything's new. You say, I'm not comfortable anymore. God doesn't want you to be comfortable. So if you will come tonight, every adult that will, come, come. These young people spoke into your life tonight. They spoke into your life tonight. You come, find your son, find your daughter. If you don't have a son or daughter here, find you a young man, find you a young woman. Everybody that will. If you're visiting with us, everybody that will. Fire's going to fall. Fire's going to fall. Some of you are going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit tonight. You say, but it's Wednesday. It doesn't matter. Some of you are going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit tonight. Some of you are going to receive the peace that you've been searching for. Some of you, some of you in this house tonight, you're going to receive a call into ministry. You're going to receive a call into ministry. Greetings, everyone. Pastor Ron, just coming on to say thank you for joining us today. I do pray that we was a blessing to you. And I invite you to continue to follow us on Facebook, Instagram. I invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, please do that. Uh, we would be appreciative of that. But just thank you for joining us today. I do pray that the blessings of the Lord would be upon you and yours. God bless you.